Many patients present to their primary care physician with a concern that's either non-medical or strongly related to the patient's socioeconomic circumstances. In these cases, commonly used tests and treatments may bear little relation to the cause of the patient's problem. A new program in England aims to address over-medicalization by making socially oriented interventions mainstream. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Martin Rowland, an Emeritus Professor of Health Services Research at the University of Cambridge and a Fellow at Murray Edwards College. Dr. Rowland has co-authored a perspective article about the potential benefits of social prescribing. Dr. Rowland, could you start by explaining how social prescribing works and what kinds of interventions are encompassed? Yeah, absolutely. So it will come as no surprise to many physicians, particularly primary care physicians, that they're seeing patients whose illnesses are strongly influenced by social circumstances. Um, All physicians will have learned in medical school about the social determinants of health and biopsychosocial models of illness. But nevertheless, when it gets to sitting down in the clinic with the patients, their instinct is to reach for the prescription pad, often to address problems that are not fundamentally amenable to medical therapies. So the purpose of social prescribing interventions is to try and get at the causes and for more appropriate solutions to these sorts of problems that may have significant social components. And you asked about what sort of things are being used in the UK. So some are, are in a sense, perhaps fairly obvious and more at the biomedical end. So gym or exercise classes for people who need to lose weight or control their diabetes better, weight management, nutritional interventions likewise, but also a wide range of broader interventions such as art-based therapies, opportunities to get patients into employment, self-help groups for specific conditions, parenting programs for people whose children are having problems, and a range of community activities. And primary care practices in the UK have introduced befriending schemes, gardening schemes, sports. So potentially a very wide range of interventions to try and address more appropriately than the prescription prayer problems that patients present with. And what steps is the National Health Service taking to support this social prescribing? And actually, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, has that been affected? Has the implementation of the program been affected? England is embarking on a very ambitious program where every primary care physician will have access to a link worker to support so-called social prescribing. Because one of the problems for physicians is that they don't actually know about these other things that are available in their communities. They may have an idea there are things out there, but they don't know how to link to them. So we are planning in the UK to recruit a thousand social prescribing linkers over the next two years. So that's equivalent to about 5,000 in the US and additional workers in subsequent years so that millions of patients will have access to these interventions. And I don't want to suggest that this is a radically new idea. I visited the Harvard Community Health Plan in in the late 1980s, which is one of many community-oriented primary care systems in the US. And I was quite surprised because I learned that they had polled their patients as to what the key health interventions they wanted to get done were. And the answer came back loud and clear, get the city authorities to deal with garbage collection. And indeed, that's exactly what the physicians were doing. They were lobbying the local city authorities to get the garbage sorted out. So the idea that there are non-medical problems that present to physicians is nothing new. And we might talk a little later about whether this is an appropriate thing for physicians to be doing. But certainly in the UK, we now plan to link physicians with the sort of interventions that might be already available in their communities. You say in your perspective article that considerable claims have been made regarding the benefits of social prescribing. How many of those claims are backed by evidence and which ones are more speculative at this point? 
Yeah, well, that's a very good question because it won't surprise you that from the wide range of social prescribing interventions that we talked about earlier, evaluating these things is A, quite complex, and B, could potentially cover a wide range of outcomes. So indeed, there are many types of social interventions the different types of outcomes that have been measured. And if you look at the evaluations that have been carried out, one of the common features is that although most of them report some positive outcomes, the studies are often of poor quality. They're either small studies or they lack controls, and they make it very hard to evaluate the more quantitative claims for outcomes, particularly changes in healthcare utilization, less use of primary and secondary care. But one of the common features that does come out of most evaluations is very positive reports from both patients and physicians. So one of the things that I think the UK does have an opportunity to do now is to do some much larger scale rigorous research so that physicians know which types of intervention are really going to benefit for which patients. Does the NHS have any plans to do that sort of thing, to actually conduct research? Yep, they absolutely do. So as well as saying that they are going to recruit this large number of social prescribing link workers, They've set up an organization both to guide the training of these workers, but also monitor the availability of services on the ground and make sure that they're evaluated. So, yes, we do plan a significant program of evaluation over the next few years. So you raised earlier the question of whether this all should be in the wheelhouse of physicians or whether it's the responsibility of others in society. Can you explain the background and the role of these link workers? They will come from a wide range of backgrounds, and some might come from a healthcare background, but others, I think, we know will come from a range of other backgrounds. And their job, in a sense, is to link into the local communities to find out what sort of self-help groups already exist, what sort of exercise weight management facilities are around in a locality that would be suitable for particular types of patient, so that when the question that the physician has, which is, I've got this diabetic patient who's socially isolated, his diet is awful, but he's lonely. What could I do? I mean, that's a pretty classic sort of heart sink case for a primary care physician, somebody who's overweight, his diabetes has always been a struggle to control, he's depressed, and somehow you feel this just is an unattainable problem for standard medical care. So what the hope is that the social prescribing link worker will say, well, actually, yeah, I can see a range of things that would really help this chap. And anecdotally, we have plenty of cases but you might not consider cases evidence, plenty of cases where that sort of individual put into the right sort of programs into the community, suddenly his diabetes has much better control and he's leading a happier life. You say in your article that some social prescribing programs may be ineffective simply because the community resources to back them up are lacking. So what role can physicians play in ensuring that local resources are actually in place? I think that's much more difficult question to answer. And the example I gave you earlier from the Harvard Community Health Plan, I think many physicians would wonder whether it was indeed their job to go lobbying the city authorities for provision of different types of services, because I mean, physicians clearly are already working pretty hard and some already have pretty unmanageable workloads. So one thing that people have asked is, does this run the risk of further medicalizing problems whose solutions just should be outside the consulting room? And our view is that not only that this is an appropriate thing for physicians to be doing, to be looking at the resources within their communities with the assistance of these link workers, but actually if they're going to manage some of the most difficult problems that face them on a day-to-day basis, they actually need to do this and that it has the potential to change the nature of the consultation in ways that really have profound implications for medical practice. 
and medical education so that physicians aren't continually reaching for the prescription pad for problems that are essentially outside the domain of conventional medical care. What's your experience with patient compliance with these interventions? The patient with uncontrolled diabetes, do you see that patient continuing to go to the weight management classes or is that another part of the problem? Well, this is clearly an issue and part of the problem, but in a sense, the question back to you then would be, what is that patient's compliance with what we're currently providing? And often, of course, it's very poor. So what you're trying to do is to provide interventions that appear more relevant and seem more relevant to the patient and that they're more likely then to engage with. So nobody is arguing that the problems that medical care has straightforward and 100% solutions for need to have social prescribing. Absolutely not. It's the ones that seem to defy the conventional approaches to care. And conventional approaches, which, as we now have multiple disease-specific guidelines for many conditions, have led to patients being on very large numbers of medical therapeutic agents of one sort or another, and the criticism that this has resulted in doctors over-medicalizing healthcare problems. And these critiques lie at the heart of the Choosing Wisely campaign in the US, and it's called Too Much Medicine campaign in the UK, that we are trying to deal with problems that are not fundamentally amenable to medical care with the use of medical interventions. Finally, what opportunities exist for creating or expanding social prescribing programs outside of England? And what challenges do you see in the rest of the world? Well, all our patients live in communities and they will have very different types of social support within those communities. So I wouldn't say that the interventions that prove to be effective and useful in the UK would necessarily work everywhere. But my guess would be that they would not be too dissimilar to the sorts of things that would work in the United States. Whether they would be the same things that would work in a Latin American country or a country in Far East Asia, I don't know, because some of these things will be quite specific to particular countries in terms of the types of social support that are both available and that are appropriate in different countries. Thank you, Dr. Roland.